If you're visiting this summer, we're doing um, sort of a mixture of sermons. Uh, this spring, I j- just asked anybody in the church to say, is there something you'd like to hear a sermon on? And we got quite a variety of ideas and requests. And um, today was an interesting one. Because today the, the request was really, what's up when you see somebody who um, on Sunday in church they live a certain way as a Christian, or maybe even all week out in the world, but when they come home, they're totally different. There's sort of a disconnect between their public faith and their private life at home. What's up with that? And I thought that was a very interesting and good question. And in a sense, there's two answers. There's one obvious answer is they're a hypocrite and they're a liar. But I don't think that applies to most people. I think there's a lot of sincere Christians who wrestle with that issue. And it's not just out of blatant hypocrisy. Um, So I I thought, okay, how do we look at that and talk about that today? And so I decided we need an object lesson. Okay? So first of all, we have two outfits. And we have this outfit, which is this nice suit. It needs to go to the cleaners. No. Um, You know, we wear that on certain days for certain occasions. If I do a wedding, if it's Easter, if it's Christmas, you know, you put on the suit, the, the shirt and the tie, and you wear it. But you really are probably looking forward to when I go home, and I get to take that off, and then I get to put on this kind of stuff. These are just the oldest, most comfortable shorts you've ever seen. They're they're ugly as can be, but they sure are comfortable, okay? And then I have here one of my favorite t-shirts. Disneyland, not Disney World, California. Peggy and I were figuring out it must be at least 12 years old. It's got holes in it. I I wouldn't even wear it out in public. But if I'm going to come home and just be comfortable, I want to wear this. Not this. And probably every one of us sitting here would have clothes to put on these two hooks. We have some stuff we wear when we need to be formal. Some of you, it's uniforms. And all of you, not may look different, but all of you have clothes like this. That favorite shirt or, or, or jeans or, or whatever it is that if you just get to chill and relax, you look in the closet and say, I want that. Our faith can be like that and it can be either one and the real question I want us to wrestle with today and I want you to wrestle with for yourself is which one of those racks represents how you see your faith I want you to think about that because faith can be comfortable or it can be very formal what we're really wrestling with is is um, sort of what does it mean to follow Jesus? We're we're a Christian. We're going to follow Jesus. Is that mean for you a formal suit? Is following Jesus this right way to look? These rules that you need to follow? it, 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 you know, he's watching. I better do it right. All those shoulds, all those expectations, is, 
Is that what it means to follow Jesus for you? Because if it is, you see, then that formalness can be pretty heavy. It can be that necktie around the neck. And if that's what following Jesus means, then we probably get to a point where we say, can I just go home and relax and take it off? But what if we see following Jesus very differently? What if following Jesus is really some comfortable clothes that I don't want to take off? Peggy and I have a joke. There's stuff like this that we get real comfortable with, and it finally gets so ratty we have to throw it away. And it's just sort of a sad day, isn't it? You just, oh. And usually it's the other one who's saying, throw it away. You've got to throw it away. It looks so bad. Throw it away. But we don't want to because it's so comfortable. Could faith be that way? My following Jesus? So that when I come home, I don't want to take it off. Because it makes me feel so comfortable, so good. The last thing I want to do is take it off. That got me thinking. Is that's what's going on when we come home and take off our faith? Is the real problem we're seeing our faith wrong? We misunderstand what Jesus came to give us. And and I understand why it happens. Too often the church has made following Jesus a set of 20 rules. And that gives us checkboxes and the legalism that Christianity has often been made into. Makes it something we just want to, can I get free of this? But I don't think that's what Jesus came to give us. Not at all. A verse that is very well known is John 10.10. In the second half of the verse, Jesus says what he came to give us. He said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Some translations say, others say, have it to the full. The concept they're trying to communicate is in that Greek word. And the idea is, Jesus, I have come so that you could finally experience life like God and I designed it to be. So that you could experience life in all its richness and fullness, your relationships, your days, your weeks, you're working, you're relaxing, so that all of that could finally work for you. That's why I've come. So I can help you understand how to have life as we designed you to have it. That's a t-shirt and shorts, not a suit. That's the most comfortable thing you have, not a formal dress. And Jesus says, that's why I've come. So if we see faith, our relationship with Christ, as this formal set of rules, then I want to throw out the idea today that maybe we're misunderstanding what faith is. And we've missed the whole point of what Jesus came to give us. Because there was no shortage in Jesus' day of people who wanted to give them rules. The Pharisees were rule meisters. And Jesus says, no, no, not me. I have come to paint a whole different picture of life with God. And I want to give you this life 
with God that will be totally the best thing you've ever had. God even wants to help us experience that. He promises in 2 Timothy 1.7, For the Spirit God gave us, when we become a Christian, the Spirit of God living in us, does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. Those are all traits to help us experience this real living, this life to the full, abundant life. How do we get there? Well, one of the purposes, one of the agendas of the Holy Spirit in us is to give us these qualities of of power. We need help to do this. And we need love because it's at the core of life with God. This isn't judgmentalness, this isn't hatefulness, this isn't any... It's about love, because that's what God is. God is love and self-discipline. Now, I know that's become a dirty word in our culture, but the truth is, anything we want to do worthwhile takes self-discipline. It's so interesting to me how hypocritical we are about that. Because in certain contexts, don't talk to me about self-discipline. But when it comes to exercising, I'm all about it. Or, Well, I'm not, but many of you are. <laughs> or when it comes to eating right or, or, or doing anything that's important to us, we don't shirk from self-discipline. It's like, bring it. Because we know it'll help us. Well, the truth is, Jesus says, I, the Spirit's going to have to help you with self-discipline. Because like any other thing that's really worth having in life, it will take some self-discipline to to find this life that's real life. Now these two verses that I've read already, you're pretty familiar with, but I want to read one more that isn't as well read, or as often read. That's over in 2 Peter, and grab a Bible and turn with me there, because it's worth reading together. Now, the first two were from Paul. This is from Peter. Talking about this same spirit, this same power from God. Peter says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. So it is possible to experience this new abundant life and really have it and live it and know it every day. He's given us everything we need for this godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, through Jesus. And knowing Jesus, we're going to find what we need to experience this godly life. Through these, these things he's given us, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, Catch this, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. That's a pretty big statement, isn't it? That through the help of Christ, the power of the Spirit, we can experience this new way of living that is actually participating in the divine nature. We can be like Jesus. God agrees with that. We can be like Jesus through God's help. Now, there's one other outfit I wanted to bring up here, but I didn't want to drive you out of the room. 
And that's those dirty work clothes. And for me, anytime I think of dirty work clothes, I go back to when I worked on a hog farm. Through four years of college, I worked on a hog farm, huge Illinois hog farm that did confinement hog farming. And if you've never had the privilege of walking into a confinement hog building, it is the smell of hogs on steroids. Because it's all confined, and it just sits there, and it gets stronger and stronger. And it's the weirdest thing, because you first walk into that building. Peggy took a tour one time. I didn't do it. I didn't take her out there. A buddy working on the farm did. She threw away her entire clothing after she walked out of the hog farm. But the really weird thing, which you may not believe, is if you work there for a little while, after the first five minutes every day when you show up for work, you don't smell it. You just work in it. And we'd take a break every day at 10.30, and we'd sit and eat and all those clothes that just reeked and have some coffee cake and iced tea. We probably washed our hands beforehand, if you had time. And, and you didn't think anything about it. You got used to that hog smell. And it really wasn't that bad until you went home at night and took a shower, and it's like, oh, it is better. Well, Peter says we can get so used to living in this world that's corrupt that we don't even notice the dirty clothes we're wearing until we taste and experience the clothes God has for us. And that we can... Not stay in this hog manure. We can have the divine nature and experience this wonderful, comfortable life. And Jesus says, that's why I've come. That you might experience not the the filthy clothes that the world ends up selling us a bill of goods about. Where we don't get along with other people, we live for ourselves, we our relationships are broken, we, we have no meaning and joy at work all the junk of life, and we start to think this is all there is. And Jesus said, no, that's not life. Let me show you what real life is like. And God says, I will even use my spirit in you to help you find that new life so that you can experience how I designed you to be. And that's Jesus' offer to us. It's not 30 rules. It's his wisdom to help us learn to really live life. Our relationships, our work, our neighborhoods, our friends, all those areas of life finally fall into place and make sense. And we start to enjoy life. And Jesus, that's what we always designed it to be for you. Real life. That's what following Jesus is about. So what about home? If that's what we understand, faith is really this comfortable stuff that Jesus wants to enjoy life following him and not a suit that he puts around our necks. What does that mean about coming home? Well, the first thing is, I don't want to take it off. And that, in fact, faith can change our homes as well. How we live at home. 
You see, in fact, home isn't harder for us. I want to throw out the idea that home can help us. I want you to see home as an entirely different thing. Instead of seeing home as a a time of testing or a hard place for our faith, what if Jesus intends home to be, I'm going to call it our laboratory, our testing ground, our practice field, and that in fact home is an ideal place for us to learn how to live this new life, to treat people differently, to see priorities differently, to not just focus on me, because that's not going to give anybody a fulfilling life, that all of these things that Jesus says, this is how you do it, what better place to learn them than at home? And I understand that's not often how we see home, but I think that's what it can be and should be. Not a place to take off our faith, but a place to learn how to live in our faith. Now, what would that look like? Well, I want to read one more set of verses, and this is, again, more familiar Part of 1 Corinthians 13. But I want to read these verses in the context of what we're talking about today. As a game plan for how do I live life as a Christian at home? And how could this be making home more comfortable for everybody? In the middle of 1 Corinthians 13, which is all about love, Paul sort of defines love as far as the qualities it is, what it is. And I want to read that section, 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. How many would like to live in a home built on those rules? Wow, you don't? I don't see hardly any hands. I, I think if you, we read those verses, there's none of us that wouldn't say, sign me up. That way of living, I think we all would quickly say, that would create great homes. That would be a real home that works. That would be a home I want to be a part of. And Jesus says, yeah, that's how I want you to live. Because that's what's going to really work. That's this kind of stuff. We're patient with each other. We're, We're forgiving of each other. We don't keep a record of wrongs. And it's not all about me. It's not all about my pride or my advancement. We're there for each other like Peggy prayed in her prayer. We're there to care for each other. Now, it's going to take some help from God. It's going to take some self-discipline because it's not always our nature. And it's not what we're used to, maybe. Maybe we're used to those hog manure clothes and we think that's what home is, but it's not. Jesus, God says, that's never what I intended home to be. 1 Corinthians 13 is what I designed home to be. It's it's what made me see Adam and Eve in day six and say, oh, this is very good. When people are living at home with these kind of qualities. Take it off 
Are you kidding? If I take it off, I'd have to go back to living for self and not caring about anybody else and, and all those things that made home miserable. When home could be like this, I don't want to take it off. I want to wear it 24-7. And it's not just because my family wins at home. I win. I enjoy home more, and they sure enjoy me more and home more. Because we're walking that life that Jesus ex exemplified and that life that he called us to live, to be patient, to express my love in acts of kindness, to not be about my pride, my envy, my boasting, not tearing others down, dishonoring others, not self-seeking, not getting mad just for anything. Not bringing home anything evil into the home, but bringing home what's good. What better place to live than a home where faith is the clothes we keep on? You see, everyone can practice at home. This sermon, I hope, speaks to everybody in this room. If that's a spouse and how we treat each other, let's do it as Jesus embodies it. Parents, it's about how we treat our kids. And kids, it's just as much about how you treat your parents. And siblings, this is really hard, I know. It's about how you treat your brothers and sisters. But it could revolutionize our homes. If we started keeping that faith on, we're not going to suffer we're going to be so much more comfortable because we're living like Jesus said, this is life that works. Just trust me. Follow me. Live like I showed you how to live when I came to earth. Because if you do, you're going to be so much more comfortable in life and so will everybody else around you. So we're going to leave here today and we're all going to go home whatever that means for each of us my question for you is what have you been wearing at home or taking off and my challenge is will you wear this all week will you wear those comfortable clothes of living like Jesus it's not about rules it's about loving and caring and giving, let go, letting go of self. Our culture has sold us so much this message, it's all about me. It's not. That is the quickest way to have a miserable life and everybody around you to be miserable. Paul is spot on when he says, let go of that stuff. Jesus said, sacrifice yourself and those who let go of their life find life that's exactly what paul's talking about in first corinthians 13 and if we'll live that way with god's help his power his love his self-discipline we can do it you can do it i just want you to see how much richer our lives our homes will be if we wear the clothes of Jesus Christ. Let's pray.
Jesus, thank you for coming to earth. Not just to die for us, but to show us a whole new way of living, the way you and the Father originally dreamed up when you created humanity. And we've lost that so much that we think living with hog manure is normal. Dirty, stinky work clothes. And you shake your head and say, no, it can be so much better than that. And it's not about a new set of rules and a necktie choking us. It's this wonderful, comfortable life of love and caring about others. And when we do that, we start to experience life to its full which is exactly what you wanted to offer us. I pray you can help us see that today and grab hold of it. Not just while we're sitting in the sanctuary at church, but we're, when we're sitting in our homes this afternoon. We can have life to its full there as well. Help us do that. In your son's name.